everyone. Welcome back to the Congressional App Challenge Debugged Podcast. I'm your host, Medha, and today we have members of the Congressional App Challenge Alumni Advisory Board, Albert Hall and Charlie Liu with us. Albert and Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. Mind introducing yourselves? Hey, I'm Albert. Uh, I'm the chairman of the Alumni Advisory Board for the Congressional App Challenge. I'm a sophomore at Columbia University studying computer science. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to be here to talk about some good tech and CS knowledge. Yeah, and I'm Charlie. I'm also a member of the Commercial App Challenge Alumni Advisory Board. I'm currently a sophomore at Yale studying computer science and ethics, politics, economics. Uh, and I'm also really excited to talk with all of you today. Incredible. Thanks so much for being here, guys. And so first, you guys are all studying technology. So how did you decide you were going to get into computer science? Yeah, um, I think in high school, I was mainly when I started uh, getting into computer science. I took like this web development class that was pretty interesting. We made our own websites. Um, I thought that was pretty fun. Um, and at that point, AI was getting pretty popular. So um, I kind of tried that out with a few friends and um, it, was, it was interesting. It seemed useful and helpful for like the world at large. Um, AI is such a big part of like almost every enterprise at this point. Um, so it was both interesting and somewhat beneficial. So I kind of just got into it uh, in that lens. Yeah, and for me in middle school, I played a lot of Minecraft. Uh, and one day I decided to create a server for my friends to play on after school. Um, and I realized I had to learn how to manage servers, uh, write server plugins and PHP uh, and the likes of that, which got me really interested in, into just how computers worked and what programming was. Uh, so from that point onwards, I got really interested in CS. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. Um, and so like, I know you said you started doing these projects, like what prompted y'all to do these projects or take these classes like what kind of inspired you to be like ah technology that might be like a viable field yeah that's a good question um well for me i'm from the bay area in california so there's a pretty big emphasis on tech um like my parents work in tech my friend's mm -hmm. parents work in tech um <clears throat> so yeah there's a pretty big uh I would say environmental influence factor um, that like growing up in the Silicon Valley, um, you gotta take like one CS class at least just to see if you like it. And it was good that I liked it. So um, I think it was, it was pretty lucky that I grew up where I did. Yeah, and in my case, um, like I was talking about with my Minecraft server that I used to run in middle school, it was just fun for me, whether it's video games or uh, I remember when I first got an iPad um, when I was younger and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, just holding this slab of glass in my hand and I could just play around, you know, with like Candy Crush or whatnot on it. Um, I just thought it was really cool and I wanted to know more about how it worked. That's really exciting and really interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely think, I mean, Albert, I'm kind of in the same situation as you where I grew up in a very tech heavy space and it was the product of my environment of why I got into computer science. But I think it's really cool that we have like both sides of the spectrum here where it's like one person, it's more like nature and like one person like nurture got them into it and the other person nature kind of got them into it. So um, 
I, I grew up in the Washington DC area and uh, even though it's not like notorious for a tech heavy space, um, we were notorious in my specific area because we had like STEM high schools there. Um, but yeah, and then my parents also studied uh, tech and college and stuff. So um, right now you guys are members of the Congressional App Challenge Alumni Advisory Board. Why'd you end up getting involved with the Congressional App Challenge in the first place and then ultimately the Alumni Advisory Board? Yeah, um, I think CAC was a pretty interesting thing to do in high school. Um, I think it was it was like pretty different than like a, a few, any of the other like tech kind of challenges um, in that it's like ideas based and um, kind of like asking about social benefit versus like technical advancement or whatever. Um, and yeah, at the time I was like pretty into entrepreneurship actually. So I was kind of like doing business competitions and I figured CAC is a pretty interesting stepping stone to just doing more tech and doing more coding, um, building an app and all that. Uh, so that was interesting. And then going to the alumni advisory board, um, I thought that was really cool. Like um, kind of like a for high schoolers by high schoolers uh, organization is interesting um, getting to improve the challenge from the inside um, by you know logistical or ideological means um, all uh, really attractive for me so yeah that was definitely a, a clear step yeah and I definitely agree with what Albert said about the challenge being by high schoolers and for high schoolers I thought it was um, a really good opportunity to join the alumni advisory board after competing um, and make sure that you know future students uh, or participants uh, have just as awesome experience as we did if not better um, mm. and why I originally participated in the challenge well I remember hearing about it either from a friend or a teacher one day um, and I looked it up it seemed really cool you get to present your app to congress if you win which sounds awesome and I also really just wanted to get into app development uh, and this was a great opportunity to test that out you guys had such genuine reasons for doing the Congressional App Challenge. My reason was totally like disingenuous. So what happened was there was, I'm a big Marvel fan and Marvel does this competition, well used to do this competition where um, they would invite you to the premiere if you submitted some sort of like application using technology of like whatever, premiere of whatever movie that was coming up. Yeah, Whoa. it was so cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. They stopped doing it um, before COVID, actually. So I don't know why they stopped doing it. It was probably a lot of money uh, that they were spending on like five kids. Um, and so I saw that competition and I was like, oh, my God, I know computer science. I'm going to develop an app. And so I like came up with an entire app. I recorded the video for it. I wrote out all the application questions. I submit it and I miss the deadline. And so I'm sitting there and I'm devastated, right? And I, like my entire family knew I was so passionate about this. I was so excited. And so my parents felt so bad for me. They sent me like an email of like a list of challenges like that I could submit my app to. <laughs> they were like, please just do it. Like, don't like give up. And so um, the first one I saw was the Congressional App Challenge that was still open uh, for submissions because this was around September. <laughs> um, and so I, submitted my app and I ended up winning my district and I'm like 
well, everything does happen for a reason. But no, that's it's so funny because I literally did not care about like presenting to Congress or anything. I just wanted recognition for my efforts that I put in. If it wasn't getting invited to a premiere, at least it was. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's move on to the topic. Um, so why are you guys passionate about computer science education? Um, I think it's probably one of the most important skills that you can learn in the present day. I mean, everything revolves around tech now, basically. Um, so, like, from an economic standpoint, it's just kind of crucial, right? Even if you're, like, you know, even if you're studying marketing or, like, art um, or, like, history, it's still useful to have technology and uh important that you can at least like make a website maybe um just because it's so relevant now um but also yeah. it's like it's also i feel like a very important form of expression like being able to kind of make what you want through this like new age of like you know we're writing code we're like like designing you know these like hard to understand like software programs that like a chunk of silicon will like try to read for you but it's also like close to art i feel like what, what coding is because it's a way for you to express um it's a way for you to express like uh whether you want to make a website or like how you want to interact how you want other people to interact with your software um yeah, I just feel like it's a very cool form of expression as well. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree that computer science is a really important skill. Um, and I believe it offers an opportunity to many people um, to learn something really valuable um, and create some really awesome products that can leave a positive impact uh, within your communities. And I think, especially within technology, uh, there's a lot of inequalities present. And by focusing on computer science education, we can work to ensure that everyone has a fair opportunity to learn computer science if they're interested in that. Yeah, I love that. Um, and so is there anything, like bouncing right off of that, is there anything that you regret not doing in high school to prepare for computer science in college? Or is there anything that you're proud that you did that led you to some sort of exposure that you think you wouldn't have had before? Yeah, I think both, definitely. Uh, I. I regret not going to more hackathons. Um, I only went to like maybe two um, in high school because I started coding pretty late, maybe like end of sophomore year. Um, so yeah, uh, hackathons were you know really fun. They're a great way to build like um, independent work skills, uh, meeting new people that are also interested in what you're doing. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's a great environment. Um, and in terms of what I was happy I did, um, I'm glad I kind of tried a few different things. You know, I branched out into like web dev, iOS dev, uh, machine learning, uh, natural language processing, all that stuff. Um, that's like pretty helpful now in college um, because, you know, like machine learning is such a big thing now. Um, and it's, it's always helpful to have multiple skills, um, from like a, even like from a purely like economic standpoint, like 
jobs, like internships that you try to get yeah. in college. Um, you're much more marketable if you have a set of you know unique and ver- varied skills. Um, but also, like it's great exposure because um, skills you can take different uh, like tech concepts from different fields uh, and apply them in new ways to fields that uh, you're you know just starting to experience. Yeah, and for me, I guess if I could go back to high school, I would tell my younger self to spend a little bit more time just <laughs> working on whatever fun projects I can think of related to CS or programming. Uh, just because I think that's a great way to either learn a new language, framework, or like skill uh, within CS. Um, and while I did spend some time working on projects, um, I feel like I definitely could have had a lot more fun um, just doing a lot more projects. Um, in terms of something that I was glad that I did, um, I got involved with the local CS community uh, within my area from a pretty uh, early time, I guess, within my high school career. Um, and it was nice just to be able to connect with other students who share the same interests as I did, uh, and we could support each other as we figure out what we wanted to do. That's incredible. And so bouncing right off of that, I wanted to ask, like, what does computer science look like in college, and how does that compare to your exposure and experience with it in high school in terms of the curriculum and also in terms of the community. I feel like you always hear this, that like CS mm-hmm. is at least 30 or 40% math, but I didn't really realize that until, you know, all these college courses yeah. that are just like math, like, like computational linear algebra, discrete math, whatever, whatever. Um, it's, it's pretty interesting. I wouldn't say I'm the biggest fan of math. Like, I didn't go into CS to do math. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I'd be working for quant, which is kind of, eh. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. Like, the, uh, I didn't realize how, you know, theory-heavy a lot of CS curriculums are, uh, which is kind of interesting in uh, as, like, a picture of what we think CS is, which is, like, you know, all just all coding, but back end and the backbone of like this field is like theory is like how can we make machines work and um all that's involved there um as for the community um i guess i would i would say it varies from university to university but um it's pretty it's kind of hard to describe i guess um there's there's a lot of resources but it's such a big field that it feels like you can connect with people and at the same time there's this wider net of um like this cs community that like feels a little inaccessible um, unless you really really make the effort to you know join like all these different clubs that have all these different niche tech interests um but yeah it's it's interesting um it's fully new and uh if you have a tech interest, you'll find a club for it. Yeah, and just echoing what Albert said about CS being heavily based on math, I guess one of the biggest things that surprised me when I got to college and started taking formal computer science classes at the college level was just how theory-focused it was. Um, I remember in high school, uh, take for instance AP Computer Science A, we spent a lot of time on just learning like Java syntax and some fundamental programming concepts, right? Uh, but my first class in college, we began talking about some really theoretical computer science concepts, such as what is a Turing machine, right? Um, and how do you design one? And uh, what exactly is recursion? How can you use that effectively within your algorithms, likes of that? 
that's really interesting and completely correct um, in terms of my experience as well. Um, and so I know Albert mentioned this a little bit earlier. What does tech recruiting look like and what are internships? Can you give a little bit of background on like what that means and what that journey has looked like for you as well? Yeah, um, tech recruiting, I would say, is probably notorious um, in college. It's Everyone says it's difficult. It's a grind. It's hard. Um, and these are all true. <laughs> um, I think the good news is that you can put as much work you want into it uh, as you can. Um, how recruitment works, or how it looks at least, is there's recruitment seasons um, in the fall and in the spring, um, usually for internships that are the next quarter or the next two quarters away. Um, so you'll apply for spring or summer in the fall and vice versa. Um, as for, you know, how it feels, uh, it's a lot of, like, looking at these different jobs that could or could not fit you and, you know, just kind of going for it. Um, and then also there's, like, lead code, which I feel like is yeah. infamous. Um, it's just, uh, you know, grinding CS questions that are all, like, data structures based that kind of don't have a lot of bearing on what you end up doing in your job but will be important for passing like the entrance bar for an internship um so yeah there's a there's a lot of that but it's honestly not too hard to learn once you get into it everyone's everyone in the cs community is very like uh kind of in the know about like what recruitment looks like and it's it's very easy to learn once you once you get there. Um, and I can let Charlie talk about internships. I know, I think he's doing one, did one um, in the past few months. Yeah. Yeah, um, and before I jump into that, I guess one thing, you pretty much covered the whole recruiting process, but the biggest um, surprise to me yeah. was just how early recruiting season started um, for CS. Like I remember arriving on campus for the first time in my first year, right, it's August, um, and applications are already opening for like next summer before I literally even picked like my classes for the fall semester. Um, so definitely if you're looking for an internship in CS, um, keep an eye out early. Um, I personally think it's a little ridiculous how early it starts, uh, but you just definitely got to come up with a plan and follow through with it. Um, in terms of internships experiences, um, I was really fortunate to work for the U.S. government last summer, uh, working on the USA.gov website. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think working in the public sector offers a perspective that isn't really common within tech or CS. Um, and I also think it was just a great opportunity to use my skills to create a product that would actually be used by people across the country. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like the beauty of computer science that people don't realize is that uh, when you recruit, there's so many different subset fields and opportunities within computer science that people kind of just think it's software engineering for like a big tech company when that's like not the only opportunity that exists right like there's so much um i mean for me like i didn't work um all the internships that i've been in have been so uniquely different like one has been like mobile app development um one has been like web app development for fintech purposes like developing like credit risk analysis algorithms. Um, some have just been like research where we literally just do like modeling of like 
random algorithms to determine like whether something's good or bad and then some have been like not even technology focused at all in terms of coding but in terms of like knowing that you understand technology and so doing like digital strategy consulting for like uh companies and so it's really interesting to hear like the differences in what exists and what opportunities um like actually um are available to people who understand the world of technology and computer science and so bouncing right off of that um i wanted to ask a little bit about the alumni advisory board like what are your roles there what do you do um and what kinds of opportunities does it provide for you yeah um so i'm the chairman of the board um so there's kind of a myriad of things that i do for the board um I would say primarily project management purposes. Um, I have that under my belt. Um, I think, so this is the second year I've been on the board, um, along with Mana and Charlie, who are both two-timers. Um, and so this year's board looks pretty different. Um, the past year, we were kind of trying to get things started, getting things off the ground. But this year we have... Um, a lot of really wonderful people um, who are really hardworking and have kind of an ambition to uh, improve something or achieve something um, on the board. So uh, for this year, I've basically just been doing project management in terms of keeping uh, uh, all the board members and their projects um, in touch, talking about their milestones, making sure that expectations are met. Um, as well as, um, you know, exploring new territories for, like, content things we could do, sponsorship things we could do, um, kind of just uh, looking at logistics and making sure that the board is uh, running well. That's great. Um, And so lastly, I just wanted to ask, like, do you have any advice for high school or even college students that are trying to get involved in the computer science community or in any way? Yeah, I mean... There's a lot to do, I would say, um, for CS. Uh, it's, it's hard to uh, kind of settle down and like, think about what you, what, you, what you can do to prepare yourself for uh, you know, whatever your goal is, whether that's like uh, at you end up working for a big tech company or doing a tech startup or anything like that. Um, so I would say kind of try a lot of different things and understand what you like and what you're good at. Um, look at, you know, self projects. You could, uh, you could like get a Google Chrome extension uh, off of like an open source thing and like modify it. That's a very popular um, kind of way to trial different things or, you know, just like look for iOS tutorials or something like that, um, always helpful. Um, other than that, uh, you know, starting early is always good. Um, if you feel like you have tech experience, but you're not fully into it yet, um, like you haven't really been committing yourself to doing like a, a full project or looking for opportunities to get involved in a team, I hope like this is your sign to do that. Um, it's really helpful to, you know, have actual project experience, whether that's in like a small internship role at like a local company or reaching out to like a state university professor and asking if they can take you out as a 
uh, you know, as a like an apprentice or as like a student researcher for the summer. Um, these are all really helpful things, and you learn so much from uh, each of these things. Because uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're a student, and they know that, so they are not expecting full body work from you. They're expecting that you're smart and bright, which I'm sure all of you are, and that you can learn new skills quickly and apply them. And that's kind of the whole uh, the whole goal of you know doing tech in school. Amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. And now I'll pop it over to our tech news expert to give us a rundown on what's been going on this week. Hi, I'm Meryl Matthew, and welcome to the Tech News Roundup, where we'll brief you on anything and everything that's happened in the world of tech in the past two weeks. Continuing the metaverse discussion from the last episode, debate over the metaverse is staying hot as the existing world of crypto fights to contend with larger tech companies. Ever since Facebook renamed itself Meta and staked its claim in this new frontier of the internet, crypto enthusiasts have worried that the original goal of a decentralized digital metaverse is at risk. With the company's resources, there's a possibility of companies like Facebook dominating the metaverse and putting their interests first, according to Business Insider. Millions of people are already active in virtual worlds like Roblox, which makes this layer of the internet particularly appealing to companies like Meta, who have already invested $10 billion into virtual reality. Now, to take a look at new innovations in tech, scientists in Vienna have now developed a revolutionary new kind of transistor, a key electronic component in any computer. This design is adaptive and can change the program of the transistor while it's running, expanding possibilities from the old logic of only values of 0 and 1. This new technology relies on a thin germanium wire and a new control electrode that can update the transistor's function as it runs. This design has tremendous implications for the future of innovation in artificial intelligence and neural networks, because intelligence in nerve, nerve cells uses similarly dynamically changing circuit responses. The accomplishment is made more incredible by the fact that it uses electronic materials and manufacturing techniques already used to make transistors today, making it cost-effective and simple to adopt. In other news, the World Health Organization's COVID-19 Technology Access Pool, in agreement with the Spanish National Research Council, have approved a global transparent non-exclusive license for crucial technology in a COVID serological antibody test. The goal of this new license is to make it easier for countries around the world to rapidly manufacture and distribute these tests to control the pandemic. The WHO Director General notes that this is the kind of open and transparent license we need to turn the tide on the pandemic and on the devastating global inequity it has spotlighted. This is the first technology for the pandemic to be made publicly available like this, making a possible change in the way public health technologies are distributed in the future. Now for some more quick uplifting headlines to end with. SpaceX has launched 52 Starlink satellites from its California base to help the goal of providing internet access to the entire world. TSA checkpoints will start supporting Apple Wallet IDs in February. You can now set Google Voice to automatically ignore calls from specific contacts you don't like. A NASA probe has breached the sun's atmosphere and is collecting data useful for scientific exploration. And miners in South Africa have developed a hydrogen fuel cell to power their massive mining trucks. Now back to you, Meda. And that's that. Thanks so much to our tech news expert. And thank you so much to our tech fans and listeners. This has been the Congressional App Challenge Debugged Podcast. 
be sure to check us out on all podcast streaming platforms. And if you want to hit up our social medias, check out the Congressional App Challenge on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your host, Medha Gupta, signing off. Thanks for listening. Bye.